What's up, everyone? My name is Tebs, and thanks so much for checking out the Superpower Podcast. This podcast was created to celebrate young African women who are excelling in their business, careers, and lives. We want to salute you and give you flowers while you can still smell them. Every week, we will be profiling a boss babe and finding out from them how they have harnessed their superpower and what more we can expect from them. So stay tuned and make sure to subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all our social media pages at Superpower Podcast. Leave us a review and even drop a voice note on our channel shouting out ladies who are inspirational to you. The official hashtag for anything on this podcast is hashtag Superpower Podcast. Enjoy. Our guest on today's podcast is Timbaletu Butelezi, who is a principal economist in the Economic Research Bureau at the Competition Commission. In her current role, she has provided economic expert testimony before the Competition Tribunal in complex mergers and abuse of dominance conduct cases. Prior to joining the Competition Commission, she worked at Genesis Analytics, an economic consultancy, as an associate in the Competition and Regulatory Economics Practice area. She holds an MCOM in Economic Science from the University of Witwatersrand, as well as a Master's Degree in Competition and Market Regulation from the Barcelona Graduate School of Economics. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Timbaletu. How are you doing? Good, Democrat. How are you? I'm all good. So, so just for the listeners, I went to, I went to high school um, with Timberletu. We were both at Queen's High School for like five years. Um, and I just remember Timberletu being like a super grounded person. I think she was more mature than the rest of us. <laughs> While we were still trying to figure ourselves, she was pretty much like she knew who she was. Kat, do you agree with like that assessment? Were you like always someone who just knew who you were like the whole uh-huh. time? I mean, I think I think I I I knew I knew what I had to do to get myself where I needed to be. So maybe it came across as grounded, but I don't think I knew who I was. I just knew that I had to, <laughs> I had to just get the marks, get the scholarships, and get out of here. I think that of was, course, that of course. course. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I remember as well. Like, I think you were like the smartest person, like in our grade. Um, and like the world is your oyster when you you get like A's and distinctions on in all your subjects. Like, what was that like for you when you were like in matric and you've now accomplished all the things that you had set out to and um, starting to think about what it is that you really want to do? I mean, I won't lie to you. I, I, I don't think I probably was in any other different space than anyone else, I think, at that age, because you, you don't know really what yeah. you want to do. Um, but like I was saying, I mean, my context was a lot, was very different. Um, as, as much as I, I had my mother working, but it was a single parent, single parent working. My dad wasn't working at the time. So, I mean, and, and, you know, like, I think now at least there's a nice phrase where they call it like that middle class or the middle gap, but I knew I wasn't yes. in that zone where I could get funding in terms of like NAFSAs. So I was push to be the person that has to get the A's to get a scholarship because I knew it was the only way I could continue to study. Um, yeah. and I won't lie. I think, I think at that age, it didn't even really matter to me 
what I'd be studying, but I wanted, I knew I just really wanted to get to university because I knew it would make an, a difference to not only my life, but my family's life. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, are, it are you are you the eldest in your I'm the family? Eldest. Are you like yeah, I'm the eldest. okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So it was that pressure. So I I I find it funny because I think um you're not the only person that I was in high school with that does come and say that I was grounded, but I was as confused as everyone else. But I think, <laughs> I think it just helped that I had one goal, and I was just like, I don't care what happens next to me, but I'm just gonna keep looking at that one goal, which really was. Yeah to get the scholarships um okay what happened yeah okay so 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 did you get a scholarship what what how did you then progress like past matric um so I ended up getting a couple of those academic scholarships that um like VITS offers because I ended up going to VITS just because it's closer to home cheaper you don't have to worry yeah. about res and all the other costs um and literally when I stood on that day where I had to register, I was pretty much like of the three degrees that I put here, which one will give me less of a hassle? So I was like, oh, <laughs> what were those three that. degrees? What what were you what were your options at that point? I think I think I'd put in a BSc for like maths or something like that. And then yeah. I think I'd said like chemistry, because I like chemistry. So like chemical okay. engineering, I think. I can't remember what the third option was. But I just remember being like, I probably have better chance of retaining a scholarship if I go with maths. <laughs> so <laughs> let me take that ship and I'm just going to see how far. <laughs> how yeah. far me. Um, so then I, I, did, I did, the BSc. Did you not then like, you know, when, when you're the kind of person like who comes from like black families and you do like really well in school, normally it's like you must become a doctor or you must do like, actuarial science like yeah. was that never something that you wanted to do at that point yeah I mean look the doctor thing I I quickly squashed that from my family's dreams because I am quite <laughs> foolish um and yeah I, I couldn't do that but I think the actuarial science I did fall for that trap so I did the BSc and I took medicine but then I also added in like the actuarial science because I think it was okay. a buzzword at the time I didn't even know what it yeah. was I don't know what no, we, we all don't know I, I don't know what it is <laughs> like to be honest yeah <laughs> then I took it and then at least at least then the pressure was a little bit better and the pressure I'm saying like people being like ah but why are you not doing one of these like you know like be a CA like why are you not going back? yeah like, I mean I it's not my it's not something I'm really interested in but yeah, I did fall okay. for the actuarial science, but then I subsequently dropped it in second year because I was just like, this is not, this is not me. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not me. <laughs> I was like, so I don't know what the thing is. It's fairly <laughs> hard. I was just like, I know, guys, no, it's fine. Hey? <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And the thing is, because we don't know, we only get to realize what it is once we're like in it. And once we're in it, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and a lot of time there's so much pressure, like not to deviate from this path that you set out in first year. That like any deviations like along the way is 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 like a black mark against your name, which exactly. for me is like silly because exactly. if it's not who you are, then why would you continue doing it? And also just at that age, and I and I still find it weird, but just at that age, you really you really just don't know. I mean, there's some of those people. And I always look at like my friends, the ones who did like medicine or like law. Like there's some people that just really at that age know what they want to do. 
and they can stick mm. to that path. But I don't think for the vast majority of us that that's that's that necessarily applies. Um, yeah. You know, you're 18, yes, the world is your oyster, but if I don't know what I want to do, then I just know I want to study, you know, and make money. <laughs> <laughs> we all wanted to make money. I think it was like, will this career make me money? That's, that's what I'm more concerned about. Is there a job at the end of all of this? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I know our priorities. I'm quite ashamed. But I, I, if that's that's the honest truth. That's that's really what was my like guiding my thinking at the time. But actuarial science, after one year of that course, you're like, okay. I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> this is not me. This is not me. You know, I think I did one one semester of stats and I was like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I, this is not who I am. I think the exam was multiple choice, which is fantastic sometimes because it's like, even if you don't know the answer, you still get like a one in four chance of getting it right. So yeah, I was like, this is it. Like stats is definitely not for me. So I, so I feel your pain. But then how did you then get into um, ECOs? Because then wasn't that your major? Yeah. So I think I think what WITS does is that at least for, for some of these more uh, generalist type of degrees, so like BSc, the first two years, they try to make you more of a generalist. Um, ah. But you have to take like a, a commerce subject. So then I picked ECOs. Um, so I was doing maths and stats, and then I also picked ECOs. And then I, I, I just enjoyed it. Um, and then I, so hence that's how I continued with it. But actually my undergrad is BSc in, in maths and in statistics. I just was able to negotiate having ECOs all the way till third year. So I ah. only made the proper switch when I got to honors because then I decided to major in, in ECOs from then onwards. Um, okay. I think it's useful because I, I think, you know, something like some of the BCom degrees does allow for you to do more commerce and then you can do some of the stats or the sciences. Um, but yeah. I think it's a useful trick for them because at least it, it allows you to to get all the exposure and not have to like completely deregister from one degree to move on to another degree, et cetera. So you still can, can benefit um, in that way. So I think I'm quite grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. But didn't VITS have like... I always heard rumors that like Vitz had negative marking, like you were better off yeah. not answering a yeah. question because yes. if you answered it and you got it wrong, like yeah. then be in a worse off position. You you learned very quickly to move on. If if you were like, I don't know it, it was yeah. in your favor to leave it than to try to Jeez. get <laughs> That is intense. That is that is Wow, that is hectic. <laughs> I know. With my stats, I would have probably like flunked it over. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Okay. Jeez. Okay. So, so when you were studying, did you do like your undergrad and then your postgrad all full time, or did you break yeah. it and start working? Yeah. Like, so I, I, I did all, um, and I was only able to do it like you know, because I just was able to keep getting academic scholarships from the institution year on year. Um, so I, I did undergrad, then I went straight into honors, then I went straight into master's. Um, oh, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. It was, what, what, what is it, like five years or five and a half years um, straight. And then like my family had a had almost like an intervention, like my cousins and stuff were like, no, Sissy, like, 
this is it. Like you need to, you need to work now. Yeah, the eternal scholar. I, I'd feel the same. I'd be the one like leading the charge. Like you are our saving grace. You're meant to come and like help us, like live. And now you are just in school. Like, like, like no, it's enough now. Like they're like, no, it's enough. Please, you need to, you need to work. So then um, through my master's year, then started the, the, the hassle of trying to, to find a job. Um, True. Which then at least I was able to secure before the end of my master's year. Um, okay. So then, yeah, then I started working, I think like 2011. Yeah, 2011. That's when I started, uh, I started at Genesis thing. Okay, but, but, but with all the studying, did you then not want to go into academia like why 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 did you decide to do it like one after the other like did you did do you want to pursue like your doctorates like is that I, something you know now you ask me yes i think i think though by that time when i when i finished i was i was a bit i was finished with it i think i had gotten as much as i had wanted from it um, yeah. and i and i think that then at least i had a better idea even of where my own interests in economics are. Um, okay. And I thought that at least now, you know, getting the work experience in that field would, would serve me best. Um, so this is when I started like uh, an interest in almost like competition economics and then heard of like these institutions, uh, the consultancies that do a lot of work in this space. So then that when I think it also made sense to me that it would be a good time to, to step into that field for the exposure. Um, but I always wanted to go back for a PhD, uh, and I haven't yet. I mean, I, I'm I'm still one of those that's still working on a proposal for the past two years, and I'm just oh my word! I'm still, I'm still like I need to actually really commit to this, but but you know it's yeah. fine. Life has happened, but uh, I'll do it. But I I do want to go back for that PhD and just I suppose just complete the 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 academic part just for myself. As, as more like True. a, a <laughs> yeah yeah oh my word you know like I, I also have a have a master's but I also did it like ages ago and it, and my my family's always like oh you're gonna go do your PhD and I'm just like ah no I, I think I'm done thanks I'll, I'll keep doing like short courses but <laughs> yeah no it's it's, yeah, it's the, quite a commitment I think it, mm. it's quite a commitment and I think you know, when I look back, I do actually think maybe maybe the, the solution would have been just another three more years would have not really hurt me, I think, if I look back. You, I don't know if your family would agree. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, when are you going to start paying some bills around that here? That was the problem. They're like, you and this tutoring business is not making any money. And like, we've had enough of you and you're intelligent and you're done. They're like, what, what more is there? Like, just, just go. Yeah. Away. But, um, but yeah. So you did a tutoring business. Why? What? When you no, say you no, did this tutoring. tutoring um, for the university and then on my own, like personal, like almost like a private tutoring just to, just to try to keep some money. Um, yeah. In the account. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And then you get to Genesis. What was that like? Because this is, you're, you're now like done with the studying and being the eternal scholar. Like what was your experience when you started working um, in corporate? Yeah, it was, I think it was, a, the honest truth is that it was a shock to the system. Um, 
I think, and, and it was in two ways. One, it was just adapting to uh, working in corporate. Um, and you actually then realize that a lot of the academic rigor that you pride yourself on, especially as someone yeah. who had quite a long, a long path in the academic <laughs> institution, it, yeah. you lose it quite a bit um, when you get to corporate Um but it, so the academic rigor helps you in that, you know, things like economic intuition and principles are things that you can easily fall back to. But I yeah. think it shocked me that you actually you're not it's not like you're sitting uh, every day and you're running econometric models um, on your laptop. Yeah, you're not actually. And when you do it, people are like, why are you wasting your time? And you're just like, but aren't you all economists? Like, what do you what do you mean? And it's like, all you need to do is just take it to Excel and like sum it up. And you're just like, what? You <laughs> so you learn. Excel like, is your best friend. Yeah, Excel. Excel is it. You know. Um, let me forget about whatever Stata or MATLAB because really, this is not the environment for it. Yeah. But then also, I mean, apart from just like the content and work stuff, it was also just adapting to the other small subtleties of corporate world. Um, mm-hmm. the things like how, how, when you walk into a meeting, you know, with, with the partner, people almost kind of assume that you're like the PA to the partner. And then you, you kind of, cause you, you're young and you don't want to be like, no, yeah. cause you know, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with being the PA, but then exactly. you also don't feel confident enough to come out as the strong, like the analyst that actually has a lot more ideas to give. And you also are thinking about so it was it was tough, and also I think because I'm not a very um, like out there person, I think I'm a little bit more quiet, particularly if yeah. not in environments that I, I you know I'm comfortable in. It it just I think it drew it 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 was it was not a very good experience for me because it made me look even more inward facing. Um, oh my word! Yeah, it would. Yeah, so self esteem, and then your confidence takes knocks because then your bosses are telling you that no, but you don't talk in meetings. He just like, but Ibo, what do you mean? Are you serious? To talk like, so I had <laughs> a lot of issues. I I won't lie. It was it was very tough. It was very tough adapting, um, and it was a very fast paced world, um, and very competitive amongst. I mean, it's it's a consultancy, so even amongst yourself, you know, they exactly. So yeah, no, it was it was a lot. I won't lie to you. It was a lot for me. <laughs> Okay, but then how did you navigate that space, right? So I get it, like when you're new, it's like obviously you're just trying to suss it out and who's who and how it works. But, I mean, you spent some time at this organization, at this consultancy. How did you then, like, find your way in in that environment? I think what helped is that um, there was a couple of um, other, like, older, I mean, they're not older than that much older than me, but there were people that had been in the firm for some time at the Black World. Um, and we almost, I, I don't know, we all like always gravitate towards each other. And can I, <laughs> no, don't worry. I've been there. Don't worry. <laughs> Let me try to kind of help you navigate this world. Yeah. Um, there was one, one lady in particular, Tabelang. She was, she was an accountant. So for her, she was the only accountant in an economist firm. So I think it was even more difficult for her to adjust. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she did, and 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 I think just talking to her and just seeing how she related to the space, um, it kind of helped to give a boost in in confidence. Um, and then they also made very good hires, at least because when I joined, it was pr- 
primarily a male partner um, practice. So okay. it's also hard to just relate to an older white male. I, I, it's yeah. my issues, but you just have nothing, almost like a common ground that even on a personal level that you can to to allow for a professional relationship to grow on. So there was one lady in, in as well in particular that was hired as a partner, um, et al. And she came from from Nursa. Um, and I think because she came from Nursa, so coming from a public institution, she had a lot more of an appreciation of a young black female struggle <laughs> in, yeah. in this world. So she was also quite instrumental in in, in also just like making our issues not not like these girls are complaining about nothing. It's like, but you don't give them space to talk in the meetings. Mm-hmm. You don't give them meaningful work. You don't give them, like, you have to almost kind of allow for there to be an environment that people can grow in. Um, and so a lot of those changes did, did help. But I think the biggest change was that um, I was able to, so I went back to school. And I went alone. To do what? <laughs> I, I call it my my I was 25 but I had like a bit of a midlife crisis a quarter life a quarter crisis. life crisis yeah and I took a sabbatical and I, I I applied for a scholarship and I got a scholarship that side and then I took my I took a chance and I said Genesis will you give me money they gave me some money and then I also got money from um the Oppenheimer Memorial Trust and then I went yeah. for a year and it literally was, you know, like how they talk about a year of finding yourself. Yeah. It, it literally was, that's what it was. I mean, I, I was lucky that I was able to come back with a master's degree. So yeah, it was nice. But I think the value for me for being away from home was just like a lot of personal growth. Um, sure. Just a lot more yeah. myself, just a lot more belief. And I think, to be honest, that's what made the biggest difference. It was just, you know, to because I'd been sheltered. They were, I'd lived at home. My mother would drop me. You off lived at home. You studied at like in Joburg at first. Experience that all of you guys had with the nice university. I'm away from home. I I did not get that. So I I yeah. think I had to like break down the shackles and just find myself. <laughs> Oh my um, word, that's so fascinating. Um, so this sabbatical, I mean, you took it to to study what 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 kinds of things like outside of the degree and studying, did you learn also just about yourself um and also just the need to also call a time out at times? Yeah, I think I think there's something about traveling on your own that forces you to listen to your own inner voice. And I don't think I believed it. I always read when people say these things, but I think just my own experience was that you, because yeah. one, I don't know the language. I'm in Spain. I don't know the language. Two, At home. Yes. I don't even have a friend here. I know no one here. And then I'm living in like student accommodation with five other people. We're sharing a bathroom. Other oh. Germany, from Bulgaria, from Italy, like, you know, and, and, and in actual fact, then these five other people you're living with become your family because when it's night and when they can't, find, they are the ones that call to say, "Hey, Timberlake, are you okay? We we are you okay? Yeah." Um. So, just being on your own in that kind of space forces you, and it forced me at least to just bloody well trust myself and just be like, I actually know what I'm doing, and and you know, I I might not be confident about it, but I know what I'm doing 
and and yeah listen to that um okay so it, i think it was apart from the, the degree was nice and it's and it's been quite instrumental i think in my career and i don't take anything away from it but i think it was yeah. a year away just traveling i got to travel through europe backpacking look at me black girl from bloody spray <laughs> <in Europe. laughs> yeah <laughs> the good life good times yeah with like people I, i i don't know it was it was that kind of year but i i i can i can safely say it was probably the most instrumental year in just forming me um as a person sure. yeah Okay, but like this, um, since you're saying Genesis also sponsored a bit of your sabbatical, um, did it come with like you must now work mm. back for the money you paid? You know, all that drama that comes with someone yeah. giving you money. It's like it's not for free. Yeah, no, it's not for free. No, so so I had to come back and and work, um, and I did for for about I think it was about nine months when I came back, but then I had two feet. And I think they knew it would it would be <laughs> <laughs> something's about to change. Change is coming. <laughs> and I and and yeah, I think I was a lot more vocal about just what I want to do. And and it you know I I, I just I felt very very cramped. And uh, when an opportunity when I saw there was a few interesting posts at the commission, I tried my luck. Um, they made me an offer and I was like, oh, but I have this bill, you know, I owe Genesis lots of money. And they were like, I'll pay Genesis for you. I'm like, you'll pay Genesis. What? And I'm like, fine, I'll jump across. And then I jumped. I made the move there. Oh, my word. Okay, yeah. So when you say commission, yeah, this is the competition commission. Yes, yes. Um, we're an economist. And I can imagine you coming from like a consulting background, Um, which is now very different to working in yes. the commission, yeah. um, I'm assuming. What was that shift like for you? It was amazing. I, I won't lie. I got to the commission and it's young, black, overly zealous, overly passionate. We're trying to save the world. This is what the institution can do. We have broader yeah. mandates. We have this role. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's probably oh. the I never thought I would stay there for as long as I have, um, but it was probably the reason why um, I've been there for as long. And you go to meetings and like these junior economists, like someone who's been working for like a year at the commission is like, you know, asking like these very hard questions to the head of whichever big corporate. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you're not giving us this information, we're blocking your merger. And it's like, yo, guys, I like this. <laughs> oh. I like this. What? <laughs> I really liked it. But I mean, it was just working with young, black, very passionate, very educated people. Um, mm. I, I think it just worked in, in just that validation. Um, and it's not to take away, and I don't even think it was a Genesis thing. I think it's just a corporate South Africa thing. Um, it's definitely a corporate South African thing. Yeah. And and not all corporates are the same. I'm sure there's some yeah. which are yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, but I can imagine the shift of moving from consulting um, backgrounds are naturally super competitive. Yes. And, you know, yes. everyone's like trying to get to the top yes. and become partner. Yes. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's also not meant for everyone. It's yeah. like a certain type of person who thrives, who thrives in that environment. Place. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> and, 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 and that's why I, I knew 
And I think it just took me to just figure myself out even more. Um, and and I and I and I'm sure if I had to go back now, it would be a very different experience for me. But I think at that age, coming straight from university and 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 all of that, it just it didn't work for me. Um, as much as the work was interesting, and I was able to move up in the ranks and quite quickly. So there was something I was doing right. It's just internally, yeah. it just did not click for me. Um, sure. and, and that's why the commission was such a, a breath of fresh air for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And even like moving up in the commission, like, um, w- was that like easy to do? So, you know, do they do they have like leaders who you can identify with? Because you're saying part of what you struggled with in the consultancy was mm-hmm. that you didn't have people who looked like you or even mm-hmm. understood like some of the things that you were dealing with. Yeah. Um, did you not find that once you moved um, over to the commission? No, I think I think um, at least when I joined, they were they were quite progressive in terms of. You know, just uh, good representation, and and I and I remember when I um I had a chat with my ex boss at Genesis, who's now my current boss at the commission. Um, <laughs> really, <laughs> it's a very small world. Then, jeez, how big is your industry? You know, oh, competition world is very small, but um, I remember when I when I had a chat with him explaining why um I I was leaving because. You know, he he had said something to me that oh no, but we just saw so much so much potential in you that we are yeah. that we're very surprised by this and you you were moving up quite quickly in the ranks, you know, yeah. and I was just like you know it's just it, I I I just don't see myself becoming you. I don't see myself as partner, and if I don't see myself ah. as partner, it means that there's a ceiling that I can only go up but I won't be partner. I'm like, I want to be in a place where if I want to be chief economist, I can be chief economist. That the only thing, yeah. you know, that if I work hard and I and I do all those other things, that I don't have other things that will stop me from becoming the chief economist. I'm like, so I want to be in an environment that allows for that. Um, and he reminded me of this. <laughs> when he <laughs> to the commission. But I think, I think that's the, that was the, that was the difference. So as much as, you know, some of us can be in corporate South Africa um, and make that that leap in the path. I, yeah. You know, I just speaking for myself personally, I I just never saw myself getting to the partner partner level. You know, like equity partner. You can be the yeah. partner. They have many. They start creating these layers for you. Of course, they they'll start like, oh, do you want to be called partner? No problem. We'll call you junior partner, but you're not really a partner. Exactly. You're just like an like associate, an yeah. Associate, or you like the yeah. manager, and then you're like, but what am I managing? Because there's a <laughs> you know what I mean. Like there were all these weird. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, hey, if I want to be chief economist, I want to be in a place that if I apply for that job, and if I do well, I can get that job. Um, and I'm like, and I don't see that happening here. So the commission has always had that kind of environment um, where yeah. you work hard, you you can you you can do well, and people are doing well. Um, okay. So I just I found that it was yeah it needed it needed one to to understand the the work culture, um, which was really a work hard play hard type of vibe. Um, yeah. Once once that clicked, then yeah, I could start seeing all the jumps at least in. in sure. Yeah. Okay. And 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 what do you think when you think of the 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 role that you're in? 
Um, what do you think is like most challenging about what you do? Sure. I think, I think the biggest challenge is being able to, to work. So, so before I answer that, so basically what we do as the commission or competition economics is assessing an industry or assessing a market, understanding that market so well that you're able to postulate about how competition is harmed or how competition will change if, for example, there's a merger um, yes. or if there's a firm who is dominant, so someone that meets the requirements of being dominant, but engages in conduct that excludes other people or exploits um, us as customers. But for you to be able to say the competition process, you have to know that industry as if you've been working in that industry. There, yeah. And you understand the strategic thinking, how they're competing amongst themselves, how they decide prices, all of those very detailed and intrinsic qualities about that industry. For me to say, okay, knowing these facts, how do I apply the theory um, in terms of what competition means? Yeah. Yeah. So the difficulty is that you have to really understand that industry and you never have enough time and you never have enough information. Um, And then being able to explain the competition effects to people that are not competition economists. So explaining to judges, you have to explain like really technical things, um, merger simulations or, you know, like different uh, econometric models in the most lay words, like layman's words, in the most simplistic ways so that people can understand what you what you mean. So it needs to be very grounded in the theory and very, very much like it almost you have to be like it has to sit in you so well for you to be able to explain very intuitively um, what you do. So that's the, you always are learning all the time, all the time. Um, There's never a thing you're not learning. So that's the exciting part. But the challenge is just being able to explain things very simply, but very well. Um, yeah, and not lose like the essence of of what you're also trying to exactly. get across. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh my word. Okay, so you can explain competition um, to the average person, including me, because I'm just like, but if I am superior and I just know what I'm doing, like, why must I be muffled by some, you know, competition? <laughs> Why? This is capitalism 101. Like, <laughs> if you aren't getting your act together, why must I be impacted? <laughs> and then, yes, and then we are the ones that remind you that, yes, you were a nice big firm, but you have a special responsibility, especially in South Africa, because you didn't get big, wonderful, they were just, just by yourself. <laughs> we know that there were many people. <laughs> <laughs> you money, you've created barriers yourself, you changed the law. Yeah. So all those things you have done and, and the effect of that is the exclusion of small people that could be as equally as good as you if you didn't have all those special advantages that you have. Yeah. Oh my word. Okay. That's to do. That's 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 in essence, that's our job. <laughs> oh my word. It's so fascinating. Like 
Um, yeah, I only actually like started to learn about this sort of thing once you find out that this um, like large corporate wants to merge and mm. now it has to go through the competition mm. commission. Then mm. it's like you guys are like the watchdogs, like everyone's yeah. holding their breath just for you to say, cool, you can go ahead or yeah. no, it, it's, it's actually not going ahead. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can only imagine. Describe it as watchdogs. That's yeah. Exactly what we are. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, that's that's super fascinating. Um sure and 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 in terms of like your aspirations like you know you're the principal economist at the competition commission like what does that look like because it seems like you're really like doing well. I don't know if, like what the levels are like mm -hmm. in in terms of like where you are but yeah what are your aspirations? Um I think just uh I I I've I've probably right now where I am in my career, I'm a lot more um, interested in almost the the grooming aspect. So the nice part about being almost at a at a principal layer is that you start to lead a team of other economists. Um, mm. and, and I have a particular uh, love for graduate trainees because and because uh, I remember um, how much of an impact the older, almost like the older sister at work yeah for me so i try a lot to almost like spot the the young and and maybe it's my own bias but the young black grad <laughs> are, are like my little like my feeding zone and i and i try my best to almost give them like the exposure to like the work that ordinarily a grad would not really do but you kind of like yeah person in that deep end and and all i usually say is that i have faith in you you can do it and then you just kind yeah. of watch the person just kind of like blossom into you know, this this wonderful self-assured. That's beautiful. Because that's all that, like, young people need. Yeah. Just for yeah. someone to, one, give them an opportunity to do some challenging work. Yeah. Um, and for them to actually see them, like, work through it and figure it out. Yeah. 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 And do that hand-holding with them. Um, and I, yeah. I and it made such an impact to me. So, and, and I've seen it with, with a lot of these grads that I'm working with, that it's done that. So, so I'm interested in that um, a lot more. And then maybe just like my own personal aspirations would be, um, you know, I, I keep dancing around the whole, would I want to actually take that next step, which would be to like almost like a chief economist level? Yeah. I'm um, not sure. We'll see. This is a nice sweet spot where I have the stress, um, but I don't have as much stress as the chief economist. Yeah. So it kind of works for me with young kids and families. So you start thinking about all those kind of considerations. But I think... I think, though, for me to enter into this world of competition, the, the goal initially was just about using economics to almost push through thinking about um, greater developmental objectives. So the way I applied it was in competition um, policy, but there are other, other ways. Um, so I, I think I'm also quite keen to go back into corporate um, oh really? Okay. And, and get uh, exposure in that, and just be able to continue almost the applications, in terms of at least what I've been doing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And you and you actually like uh, mentioned something quite important, just how um, the impact of your job and also like having a family and just your personal aspirations outside of a career and a job, um, how you also make that work and what the balance is. How, how have you found like being this career driven, you know, ambitious, you're climbing up different ladders and 
just the balance with like making it work with your family as well? I mean, it's been hard. I won't lie. Um, and it's it's taken some some adjustments. But I think what what I I'm grateful for um, is that I've never stopped being ambitious, and there's never been anything to stop me from the ambition. Um, when I take a break, it's because I want to break. But it's not necessarily that there's other factors that are forcing that you need to stop. Um, yeah. But but I I I just I think the, the balance is more. Just thinking that um, I do want to see my kids growing up. I do want to be, okay, maybe not soccer mom. I don't think I can commit. (laughs) But I could maybe commit to like once a month, I can go to a ballet recital or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think I'm, I'm just, I'm at that phase where I do want to see my kids growing up. And actually, now that we talk about the lockdown has been good. In, in seeing that, actually, because I'm home yeah. every day, I'm just seeing the two of them uh, interact a lot more. I've, I've seen my youngest one, literally before the lockdown started, she was struggling with walking. Now she's running up and downstairs in a She's talking more. So all those things um, I didn't see with my firstborn kid because I went back to work immediately after maternity leave. And, you know, I yeah. myself. Um, and and so so in that way, I've been grateful for the opportunity. But I, I, I just, I know myself. I like my work. I like to work. I like the challenge of work. So I don't think I could ever be in a space where I'm not working and I I'm not my own personal aspirations. But I also like, to, I, 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 and I love being a mother. And, and, and I think it's just accepting that this, this is me. These are the two faces of me. Um, yeah, I need to be in that zone. It's good to know that there's grannies, there's aunties. I've got a really, of course, your support system. My husband is here that I can do my job and know that things are fine at home. Um, the same way that I can come home and and leave my job. So it's learning almost those two things. Um, but I think the support yeah. system is 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 key to this really. Um, yeah, it's and, it's so so important. Yeah. yeah. And, having active yeah like dads and yeah I'm just like my 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 mom the time I have kids like they'll probably see her more than they'll see me like I like grannies are grannies are required they they they're important grannies active fathers and like the best helper you can get the best nanny you can get then you are you are sorted yeah Oh my word! Sure, this is fascinating. Okay, um, and in terms of um advice for people who want to be in your industry, like for people who are studying ecos and mm. want to be economists, whether it's like in corporate or banks or mm. even for the competition commission, like what what would you say to to those young guys? I think um I think I think you have to put in the work. I, I remember like when I got out of uh, varsity that a lot of economists did not have master's degrees, for example. Um, that you could get out with a third year and you could work at a bank and call yourself an economist. I, 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 yeah. I, I, think, I, I think that you have to put in the work. Get, it's worth getting the postgraduate degree. It makes a difference and not, and not a difference just in terms of money. A difference just in terms of you being a better economist. Um, and, and I strongly encourage anyone that the master's is worth it. It's definitely, it's painful. Yes, we all know we've been through it. The research sucks. Mm. 
that it's worth and it makes a difference to you as a better grounded economist. Um, for people with like aspirations of being almost in the competition space, strongly encouraged. I think this is the time that that space is just growing a lot more. Of course. And it's a lot more necessary. Um, it's still not something that a lot of people know. So I do see that there's a lot of a potential for, for many up and coming economists to come into this space. Um, and just to be, you know, like well-versed in, in your, in microeconomics, microeconomic principles, that's all you really need, but do the masters. That's, that's my biggest, biggest advice to anyone. It really makes a difference. But don't stay in school forever. Leave the kids alone. Get a job. <laughs> okay, okay, Timbalitu. Um, so this is a question I ask all the guests who come onto the podcast. Um, since we are um, called the Superpower Podcast, when you think about like your superpower or what makes you unique, um, what what would you say that is? Sure, that's a hard question. Yeah, my superpower. We all have it, so it's not something you can back out of. <laughs> I probably it's 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 just the ability to to find to find the talent in someone else and to shine it up and to show you your own diamond. Mm, love um, and and probably because it took so long for myself to find my own to to shine up the, my own diamond <laughs> and to yeah but i think i think now i can safely say it's that it's it's just seeing it in someone else um and and showing it to them and amplifying it that's beautiful yeah it's, yeah 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 okay thanks so much for coming onto the podcast and you know taking some time out from your job and your family to come and share your journey um it's been so fascinating learning about competition and you know capitalism i'm like such a capitalist at heart so yeah I, like all the stuff that but just uh, don't just don't infringe on other people. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then you won't have problems. I know. Like I'll I'll be seeing you, meeting you at the commission at some point, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, eventually. <laughs> but thanks again for coming onto the podcast. No, thank you, thank you for inviting me. This was really good. Thank you so much. Cheers. <laughs> Hey, you made it to the end of the interview. Thanks so much for listening and hope you learned a thing or two. Please make sure to subscribe, review, and leave a voice note for any lady who inspires you. Till next week, have an awesome one. Cheers.